Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Turn in your Bible, please, to Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to start here, Matthew chapter 4. And I'll read this and then we'll go ahead and make it clear what the name of the series is. And they'll show you a little picture after I do. In Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 24. Matthew 4, 24. And this is talking about the life of Jesus. Now notice in verse 24, it says, His fame, Jesus' fame, went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse or different kinds of diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy or that were paralyzed, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis, from Jerusalem, from Judea, and beyond Jordan. So go back to verse 24. Do you see the words again? They brought, he healed. Do you see that? If, if they hadn't brought, he couldn't have healed. And the people, we need to get this revelation, Lord's helping us, that Jesus is still in the earth today. His body is here. He's the head geographically in heaven, directing the body on the earth, but we are the body of Christ. He wants to do the exact same things through his body on earth today as he did through his body on earth 2,000 years ago. And so there is a ministry in the earth, and the church is actually a part of both. They brought and he healed. Because we all have gifts, we all have talents, and we all have anointings. And you, have, you talk about a dying, crying, sighing world. They're all over the place right now. I, I even heard a celebrity the other day just, just scared and not knowing how, how if, they, if they can stop from being sick and getting a disease. It's like, wow, that's one of the reasons I wrote the article in the email we just sent out two days ago. Sickness is not your boss. You're made in the image and likeness of God. Come on. Why, who are we to be bossed around by disease when we're made in the image and likeness of God? But we are the body of Christ, and we are in the they brought ministry, and we are also in the he healed ministry, because both of them have to do with the church today. And so I wanted you to see again, this is another scripture that shows us that there is a they brought ministry. Everybody say this, please. I am in the they brought ministry. You are, and, and you, you're not going to know you're empowered to do this until you step out and do it. It's not something comes on you and you feel all these amazing feelings. No, it's you step out in faith because you love God and people, then something comes on you. It's called an anointing. Anointing simply means empowering, in case you didn't know what anointing means. It means to be empowered of God to do something beyond natural means. And we are. And that anointing, that power will come on us when we step out in faith because we love God and we love people. And so I actually was praying about this. And it's real interesting because the Lord started showing me that I could really entitle this message, How to Get What You Want in Life. The Lord started showing me the benefits of loving Him and people so much that we want to get people to Jesus, to the local church, as the body of Christ. He said, this is how you, you can get anything you want. He said, you can get anything you want if you do anything I want you to do. And what's the number one thing He wants you to do? 
Well, Dominic read it, the Great Commission. There's other commissions, but the Great Commission is ultimately, why are we still here if going to heaven is far better for us? Did you ever think about that? Why are we still here if going to heaven is far better for us? Well, because we got some work to do. It's called the work of the ministry. This message, this series, They Brought, He Healed, is an equipping message for the work that has to be done in the last days. And God wants to touch your heart so you want to do it, not just so you feel like you have to do it. And so you see up on the screen there, they brought, he healed. The Lord could not do what he did without they. (laughs) Who is they? It's all of us who have enough faith in Jesus in the local church to actually go out of our way, do the uncomfortable, and bring people to the place where we totally believe Jesus is in full. We are the body of Christ. Me, I have a part, but what if your your parts, what if we all come together at the same time, all operating in our parts? The anointed greeters, the anointed ushers, the anointed sound men, the anointed media, the anointed praise team, the anointed preacher and teacher. Well, they're going to experience more of Jesus in a local church setting where they're all operating in their gifts than just out there. And even if you do get somebody saved out there and they don't get plugged into a local church, The Bible talks about the potential of them backsliding and going back into the pollutions of the world is great. And the Bible says better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, to have known it and then turn from the holy commandment. Isn't that wild? The Bible talks about, you know, seven times worse coming unto people who just, you know, come to the Lord and then backslide. Well, we got to make sure that we're getting them saved and that they're growing in the Lord and finding their purpose. And what we're talking about, they brought, he healed, it's work. But one step beyond, it's your purpose. And if you want to be really happy in life, do what you were cut out to do. Do what you were born to do. You heard testimonies of Candace and you've heard Chris and you've heard him last week. We've seen this. It works. It's called making friends forever. There are people in your life and my life right now that are totally ready to be prayed for and approached and befriended and brought to the church. And and I know people think, well, bring them to the church. We need to bring them to Jesus. The church is the body of Christ. I didn't say that. The Lord himself said that. Know ye not that ye are the body of Christ, church, and members in particular. Right now you're the body of Christ. Not when you die and go to heaven, right now. And his body is on the earth and he wants his body to do what he did when he was geographically on the earth to continue. Can you tell I'm a little stirred up about this? So this is an equipping message. And now before you go ahead and turn to Acts 5 again. Um, But while you're turning there, let me remind you in Luke 5, there was a meeting one day, just like any church meeting today. Jesus was in the house while the body of Christ is in the house. And the Bible said the power of the Lord was present in that meeting to heal the sick. But the only people that got healed was those that came in faith and those that brought the sick in faith is the only one that got power out of that meeting. Everybody say this, bringing is believing. It's not supposed to be duty. It's not just supposed to be work only. It's our purpose. It's faith. We truly believe these are the last days. And if we can get people connected with the body of Christ, their needs are going to be met. We need to believe that happens. It doesn't just happen because there's power present. 
It happens because there's power present and people bring people in faith and believing for deliverance. And then it happens. But um, I wanted to say this to you. Think about what happened before we read this. They came to a meeting. Four people were carrying a paralyzed man to the meeting that Jesus was preaching in. They couldn't get in because it was packed. I mean, we're, we're talking no social distancing at all. <laughs> okay? It was packed. Shoulder to shoulder. They couldn't get in. So what's going on here? Well, they had faith. You know, faith never asks, is it easy? It just does what needs to be done and gets the results that they know God wants done. So it's not easy. They're carrying a guy. They can't get in. And they didn't go, oh, well, I guess it's the Lord's will that we don't get healed today because there's no room for us. So let's just go home. No, it said they didn't. They said, you know, we got to get in some other way. So they get on top of the roof with a paralyzed man in a stretcher. Break up the roof. Let the guy down on some kind of rope system. He comes before Jesus and all this stuff's falling. And Jesus saw their faith, not just the sick man's, the ones that brought him. Bringing is believing. It's a high act of faith. And if you are believing for a victory in your own life and you've already prayed and you've already quoted scriptures, why don't you act like you got the victory now and bring somebody else to the victory? And then in the process of doing that, you'll look and see your, your situations totally taken care of. Bringing people to church is an act of faith that you believe you got the victory and that you believe somebody else is going to get the victory. And it's faith all around and victory just has to happen. In all these areas. And so it, it was work. They had to go up on the roof. It was work. It wasn't easy, but faith never asks, is it easy? We aren't looking for the easy road. We're looking for the best road. Right? Come on, man. Brooks become crooked by always taking the path of least resistance. No, come on, man. We're going to we cut through whatever it takes because we believe these are the last days. Heaven's real. Hell's hot. And we got to bring people with us to heaven. Don't ever forget this. There's one thing greater than you going to heaven. And that's you bringing somebody else with you. And we talked about tears in heaven a couple weeks ago, how it's almost incomprehensible that people would be crying in heaven. But when you see the city coming down from heaven the new Jerusalem, you see God wanting to dwell with men forever, and you see the light and the power and the glory, and you sense the amazing presence of God, and you see His face. If you weren't involved in bringing people with you, there's going to be some tears on that day. He'll wipe them away. But there's going to be some tears for those who see that and go, why didn't I tell my neighbor I was 10 feet from them? Well, it's a sobering thought, but we need to hear sobering things. So Acts chapter 5 and verse 14 through 16. Acts 5, 14 through 16. Would you say this with me? They brought, he healed. Jesus needs us. You can say that too. Jesus needs us. So look here, Acts 5, 14. It says, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Next verse. Insomuch that they brought. Now, wait a second. Jesus is geographically gone off the earth. He's at the right hand of the Father. Who are they bringing him to now? Newsflash. The body of Christ. Yes. <coughs> the church. They brought the sick in the streets. Now, look it. 
and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Next verse. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, you know, Loma, Mac, Palisade, bringing sick folk with them, which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. Same thing's happening in the church age that was happening when Jesus was walking on the earth. Let's believe God. Let's come up. I'll encourage you. Get excited whether you want to be excited or not, simply because you love the things of God. Just get excited by choice. Just get, the Bible says, stir up the gift that's within you. That's not waiting for God to do something. That's not waiting for goosebumps. That's not waiting for somebody else to do something for you. Stir up the gift in yourself. Stir yourself up. This is the power. This is what God's telling us right now. There's a whole world out there around you looking for God, looking for hope. They want to know if Christianity is really real or just some stupid religion. Show them, bring them, show your faith in what God's doing. Your friends and neighbors will be excited about going to your church when you're excited about going to your church. They'll be on fire about the things of God when you're on fire with the things of God. This is not just preach, 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 preach. This is do, 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 do. And that is our preaching. Right? We need to preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words. Our life should be an epistle known and read of all men. So I want you to notice again, in the church age, which is our age, they're still bringing and Jesus is still healing. Let's have enough faith. Come on, let, let's look past the natural. Let's look past the ties and the suits and the dresses and the hair colors. Let's look past and let's see Jesus in each other. The Jesus in you and the Jesus in me is well able to take care of every need in our valley. He didn't shortchange the church. Come on, man. We are the ones. We are the... We, we, when we first started out, we were in Enterprise Park, Part B over there by Western Implement. Leased a place over there. I think Calvary Chapel was in our old building. And we decided one day, let's do some outreach. So we took up an offering. We did a, a thing with the church. We just had a project. And we got a billboard on Ute Avenue. And it said, with a beautiful sunset, Jesus, the world's only hope. Anybody with us at that time? You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, there's some here. Well, it would be just as scriptural to put on a billboard today. We, the church, are the world's only hope. Hmm? We, they say, oh, pastor, that's arrogant. No, Jesus is the one that said we're the body of Christ. We need to have as much faith in the church as Jesus has in the church. You know, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Any bondages and chains on people that walk in here get free. You've heard testimonies already today about it. Anybody that's got sickness or disease, those chains break when they come in contact with the church because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so let's look here at Revelation chapter 22. I think one of the things the Lord's saying to a lot of us here today and watching online that have been saved for a while is he's saying it's time to get back to your first love. Do the first works. Jesus linked first love with first works. I know there's a lot of people don't like the word works, but it's a Bible, New Testament, spirit filled, under grace word. It's wonderful. And he's talked to a church, spirit-filled church, and said, repent and do the first works. Get back to your first love. What is our first love? It's not a feeling, it's a doing. 
Remember what you used to do? <laughs> Remember what you used to have done when you first got saved? What, what, did, what did you do? I mean, I had a, my salvation experience, it, it was... It was kind of a black and white day and night thing. I mean, I know a lot of people grew up in church and that's a testimony in itself right there. God kept you from the pollutions of this world. Whoo, protection's amazing. Mine was a little different. I got into the pollutions of the world. I got in the muck and the mire and the Lord lifted me out of the dust and raised me out of the dunghill. And I, I came out of terrible stuff. And, and um, what was I gonna say there? Do, Lord, bring it back. What's that? Well, yeah, but that wasn't. Okay, go to Revelation 22, and let's see if I can get, get it out as we're going here. Revelation 22. I go on too many side journeys. Revelation 22. And this scripture here, it came to me a couple years ago when we were teaching on this. And I had never seen a connection, but look at verse 17. The Bible says the Spirit, notice it's a capital S, the Holy Spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that hears say, come. Let him that's a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. All right. How many of you are part of the bride? Do you think, do you think being partners with the Spirit of God is a cool thing? He's saying, come. And the bride of Christ should be saying, come. Um, this is kind of interesting, but I was driving down the road just yesterday. And I was thinking about the scripture in Luke, and we might go to it, where it said, A rich man died and went to hell. A certain man, this was not a parable, a certain man was rich, he died and went to hell. And a beggar died and went to heaven at the same time. And the Lord said in this certain uh, happening he had revelation of it obviously by the spirit of god he said the rich man in hell lift up his eyes being in torment lazarus was in abraham's bosom in paradise and the bible says that the rich man you know who was not interested in god when he was on the earth you know, it's interesting how people get very interested in god when they die <laughs> sometimes it's too late though so this guy's in hell wishing he would have been more interested in God when he was alive on the earth so he wouldn't have ended up in hell. But he's in hell and he sees Lazarus. Somehow he sees Lazarus across the great gulf and he says to Abraham, Abraham, send Lazarus over to me in this torment. Tell him to dip his finger in water and come over here and put it on my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, son... I'm sorry to say, but there's a great gulf fixed between Lazarus and you. There's a great gulf. You can't come to us and we cannot come to you. There's coming a time when our neighbors and our co-workers and our family, we're not going to be able to reach them and they aren't going to be able to reach us. It's called the great gulf. That hasn't happened yet. When you go back, when you're done with this message today, when we leave the auditorium and when you go about your business today, think about the big, great gulf that's soon going to be between you and your neighbors. It's soon going to be between you and your family members because there's coming a day you're not going to be able to do a thing about telling them about the Lord or bringing them to Jesus, but that day hasn't come yet. We should go praise the Lord. That day has not come yet. This great gulf 
is not between us and them yet. When you look out your window, when you're driving down the road, just, just think about this. There is no great gulf fixed between you and them right now. And I know, I know this world seems so real and so everything, but friend, this world is not at all everything. Actually, most people that are living for this world, they're, they're missing the greatest life there is. Do you realize our earth walk, we say this quite frequently, our earth walk here is the shortest thing we'll ever do. What we're doing in this life needs to be geared toward what's going to be happening in the next life. I know a lot of you right now aren't thinking about the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven and, and God dwelling with men in that city and the power of God and eternity. But that's really what it's all about. If we're not focused on that, our priori priorities will get all messed up in this life. We need to be constantly thinking, Lord, who around me needs a good word, a prayer, an invitation to church? Who do you want me to tell about you? Because not, we're not going to have this opportunity. There's, there's certain things you can't do in heaven, and one of them is witness to people on the earth. That needs to be done now. And you're going to have to go against flesh. You're going to have to go against pride. You're going to have to go against fear. You're going to have to go against demons that want you to shut up. You're going to have to go against laziness, lethargy, all kinds of stuff if you're going to do this will of God in the earth today. And I really believe what I'm talking about right now is a reason there are tears in heaven and others don't have tears in heaven because they actually walked by faith on the earth and not by sight. They believed that the things God told them to do were way more important than just what they felt like doing, wanted to do, or their peers told them they should do. This is pretty important stuff. So look at it again. Please put it up on the screen again. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Well, if you're a believer, you're wanting to bring people to Jesus. Right? If you're a believer, you're wanting to bring people to the Lord. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. I know when I first got saved, I, um, I wanted to do this. This was my first love. Nobody had to tell me. That's what I was going to say earlier. Nobody had to tell me to do this. If somebody always has to tell you to do what the Bible wants you to do, you might want to check up and see if you just got converted instead of born again. If somebody always has to tell you to go to church, always has to tell you to read your Bible, always has to tell you to walk in love, always has to tell you to bring people to Jesus, you might want to check and see, did I just get converted? You know, did I just shake hands and say, how you doing, Jesus? Or did I give him my heart? Am I born again? Because you can be converted. That can last for a little while. But when you're born again, that lasts forever. And so I just would encourage you to look to the Lord... I don't want anybody, the Lord doesn't want anybody involved with this because they have to. God so loved the world, He gave. We so love the world, we're going to give. Time, energy, money, support. Turn now with me to Jude chapter 7. Jude, there's only one uh, chapter, but verse 17. And can you say this one more time with me? Jesus needs me. Now, I, I know I, I'm, I, I need to make this clear. Right now, we're not really meeting together, but that doesn't mean you can't get ready for this. And that's what's happening. We're getting ready for an end time harvest. The harvest of all souls. We're getting ready for it right now. And the Lord told me yesterday as I was studying about this, and I mentioned this, that 
there are rewards to this that come to the bringers <laughs> that if people really saw this and if you really want to bring people to Jesus, God will get you to any car on the planet you want. Did you hear what I said? If you're involved with God's heartbeat, if you want more than anything else to support His work, to help His church, you can have any kind of house on this planet. He'll get it to you. Do you know why? Because He can support that. He knows it's not going to drive you down a road away from Him. It's going to encourage you to do more for Him. Okay, did you all get that? If you want to see prosperity in your life, want it first and foremost to bring people to Him with. Somebody say amen. You can say amen, even though there's only 49 people in here today. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Everybody, you want a good life. You want prosperity. You want health. Jesus said, all right, here's a great way to get it. It's way more blessed. Your life is way more better if you're going to be a giver than just a receiver. And I know we need to talk about this once in a while because there's something about all of us, including myself, that we want to see the rewards. What's in it for me? <laughs> What's in it for me? Well, number one, you're not going to be standing there watching that city come down from heaven, crystal, you know, streets of gold. You're not going to be alone. You're not going to be going, oh, I wish I would have told my neighbors about this. This is the most amazing thing I've ever sensed or felt in my life. But... There's also rewards that will show up in this life for people that are involved in the heartbeat of God concerning eternity. Is anybody interested in quick healing if you're ever sick? Anybody interested in walking in health? Prosperity? Anybody interested in no more sad days? Anybody interested in no more sad hours? <laughs> Come on. I mean, temptation comes to everybody. Pressure comes to everybody. Anybody interested in this kind of life? No, no disease, prosperity, health, joy, purpose, strength, contentment. No sorrow with it. Jesus tells us right here how to do it. I know I mentioned this last week, and we will actually go there formally soon as we look at it with our own eyes. But Isaiah 58, God's talking to sick, depressed people who I'm sure have prayed many times for their healing, prayed many times for their depression to go away. And God said, hey, basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it, John Capetto's paraphrase translation. God basically said, hey, sick, depressed people, you've already prayed. You prayed 119 times. You've quoted scriptures. If you want your health to spring forth speedily, don't pray again. Go help people like you got the victory. And while you're helping people and getting them get the victory, your victory is going to manifest because you're going to need it to keep doing what I told you to do. Did you hear that? He, he didn't say pray another prayer and your health will spring forth speedily. They'd already prayed. He didn't say pray another prayer or quote another scripture and your depression will leave. He said get out there, help people like you believe you got the victory. Most people's lifestyle is not in line with believing they got the victory. If we really believe we got the victory, we're not trying to get the victory anymore. We're helping other people get the victory. Man, I wish I was sitting down so I could take notes right now. This is awesome. The Lord has given us revelation here. If you want victory... 
to show up quickly in your life, do what the Bible says. Do what you know to do. And that is, quit asking for victory and act like you got the victory and start helping other people get to the victory. And before you know it, you will physically have the victory. You know, the Lord knows you need victory to help bring other people to victory. So if your heart is to help bring other people to victory, you have to have the victory and it will manifest. I mean, do you see that? If, you are, if your number one desire is to help bring people to Jesus by bringing them to the local church setting and beyond, if that's your number one desire, God will see to it that everything in your life that's hindering you from doing that is fixed and anything you need to do it will come into you abundantly. All right, now listen to this. You're going to like this here. I hope you've already liked some of the other things too because we're almost done. But um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Bible says that all grace will abound towards you so that you have all sufficiency in all things able to abound to every good work. Now, I thought it was interesting that all prosperity abounding toward us is in proportion to us abounding to every good work. If our number one desire is to abound to every good work, and can you think of a better work than bringing people to Jesus? He said, if we'll have a heart to abound toward bringing people to Him, prosperity would abound toward us. Say, I got it. Say, I'm chewing on it. Jude, the book just before the book of Revelation. Um, I'm believing that we're hearing what we need to hear tonight, today, guys. This is, this is it. This is the message that the Lord has for you and me right now. And He has your health in mind. He has your freedom in mind. He has your prosperity in mind. The Bible says when we're involved with these things... Our health will spring forth speedily and our depression will leave. Darkness will become as noonday. I, um, I, I'm going to read this, but let me just personal testimony. Before I got saved, I was in darkness. Probably a little deeper than most people. I grew up without a dad like Chris. I, I, I didn't get some disciplines in my life. I kind of went wild, got immoral, and you just into some darkness. But when I got born again... Um, I still had issues I had to deal with. Oppression, fear, paranoia, all kinds of stuff. Just, I mean, I think the devil knew I was going to be standing up in front of people, preaching and getting people saved, healed, and delivered. And he was doing everything he could to kill me, put me six feet under. He got born again. We need to kill him physically so his influence stops. And I was seeking the Lord. I mean, I, I tell you, I got saved, but I was still struggling with darkness, demons, depression, fear. It was awful. It was demonic. It was beyond just a little fear. It was actually uh, evil spirits involved. And I remember I had to rise up against them. I had read Brother Hagin's book on the triumphant church and about how, you know, you can actually, as a believer, rise up against these demons yourself and, and resist them and, and resist them from your mind and your soul. And I had to do that. I mean, I, I did. I may sound crazy, may sound stupid, but I'm free today and I don't care what people think. Uh, I got delivered. I got free. And one of the things the Lord showed me about getting free quickly and about staying free was what I'm talking to you about right now. 
I realized if I wanted to get the quick healing that I needed because the devil was quickly trying to kill me, and if I wanted to stay free, which is better than just getting free, I had to dive into his church and I had to dive into his heart of bringing people to him. When I started operating in that, when I started helping in the church, witnessing in the jails, passing out tracts on the street, going to two, three nursing homes every week, having church services, singing and praising and preaching. When I did that, my light broke forth like the morning. The sun started to come up. My health sprang forth speedily. It's interesting because I had prayed, I had believed God, I'd done everything I know to do, but when I started helping people like I had the victory, though I didn't feel like I did, things started happening quickly. One of the greatest ways to get a quick healing is just believe God heard your last prayer and start helping people like you're already free yourself. That's when things started to shape up outwardly in my life quickly. That's a personal test. Nobody, nobody can argue with me on that one. I've already been there. I've seen it. It works. Isaiah 58 is true. So this is not just about bringing people to victory. It's about you seeing a quick victory in your life as well. Jude, verse 17. Look at this scripture here. It says, Paul, uh, Jude said, Beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before of the apostles and of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, no, remembering is a good thing. <laughs> How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. And that's happening. It's all around us. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the spirit. You got to watch out about just leaving because you don't agree. Separating yourself. Uh, saying, I don't want to be a part of that because that, that I don't believe like that. You know, you have to watch out about this separation thing. It's of the devil. I mean, no, he's the first one that left where he was supposed to stay. He left his own habitation. The same book says that. But it says, watch out about these people. We're not like that. Next verse. But you, beloved, in the last days, when you see all this stuff happening, mockers of the second coming, people walking after their own ungodly lust, people are separating themselves, leaving churches because they don't agree and don't want to submit, sensual, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. This will keep you strong in the last days. I'm not sure anything else will. Verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Why? Well, because the devil wants you violating love so your faith's not ready for his next attack. That's right. That's right. Did you hear what I said? Satan wants you violating love so your faith is not ready for the next attack of the devil. And who knows what's around the corner. Doesn't matter if you're building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost and keeping yourself in the love of God. Those attacks can't get to you. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Say this, I'm getting stirred up like never before. I can hardly stay seated. I think I'll just jump up right now. <laughs> you should. Come on, don't be a liar. Jump up. <laughs> we, need to get, we need to be, uh, this is important. Do you realize what we're talking about here? We are so close to the coming of the Lord. 
Everything that the world thought was important is not important. And the devil knows his time is short. He's turned up his temptation power. If there's ever a time you need to be filled with the Spirit, it's now. I mean, it's been all along, but we're in the end of uh, the end of all things. This is so imperative that people are not just born of the Spirit, but they're filled with the Spirit in this hour. I don't know how people are going to make it if they're not filled with the Spirit, you know, in total victory. They'll make it to heaven, of course, if they're a believer, but victory till you get there. So read this again. Keep yourselves in the love of God. I haven't got to the verse yet that I want to get to. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now notice verse 22. Church, on some people have compassion, because that's what makes a difference. Doing what you're told to do, doing what goody-goody Christians are supposed to, that doesn't make much difference. But when this becomes a heart issue to all of us, they brought, he healed, we're the church, they need us. When this becomes a compassionate heart issue, we'll make a difference in our valley. So I would encourage us all to pray right now that God would stir up the compassion of God in our heart. Help us to see things through his eyes so this job can get done with heart, not just because it's something we have to do. Father, we're asking for the compassion of God to rise up on the inside of us. Show us what we need to see. Help us to see the people around us through your eyes. Help us to see them and to feel like you feel as much as we can handle. Stir us to action, Lord. Help us, prompt us, quicken us on the inside to do the work that you're telling us about right now. Read on, guys. Look here. It says, Of some have compassion, making a difference. Now notice, Others save with fear. Now, you don't hear that preached very much. Others save with fear. Pulling them from the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Newsflash. There's fires going on in this world right now. Viruses, earthquakes, famines, terrorism, talk of... Uh, vaccines for everybody, whether they want them or not. All kinds of stuff is going on right now. And here's the newsflash. We cannot stop all fires. It's prophesied. They're going to happen. They're going to escalate. Evil men and seducers are going to get worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, the Bible says, in the last days. Newsflash. Here it is. Can't stop all fires, but we can pull people from the fire and bring him into where we're at where the fire can't touch say this I am in the polling people from the fire business thank you for listening to today's podcast for more information about this ministry visit faithheights.org you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram to sow into this ministry visit faithheights.org click on the Donate tab.